Welcome back to the New Disease Sportscast and the Notre Dame Hounds Junior A Podcast. It's been a while since I've done a Hounds podcast, and I have a man who played for the Hounds Junior A uh, in 91-92, went to the school, uh, and I guess technically is my boss's boss, but we're all so collaborative at Notre Dame that it uh, doesn't really matter. We all kind of work together to do our best. It's Jeremy Millimock, the Director of Hockey at Notre Dame. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's a real uh, a real treat. Obviously, for those that don't know, I got to know uh, Jeremy's uh, twin brother Clint a little bit better uh, when we worked together when Clint was the coach of the Hounds Junior A, and then um, got to know Jeremy a little bit uh, the last uh, number of years too. Is uh, we've both been around the, the college. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and obviously, um, you know, you mentioned that year, you know, that I worked with Clint, and on that team was a hard nosed two thousand birth year. Uh, tough as nails, but also could certainly play named Connor Millimock, who is, of course, your son, uh, and a 2000, and of course, you have another son, Luke, who's a 2001 birth year. Both of them are committed uh, to Division One universities, and Jeremy, just to give, bear with me for one second, I was, um, the, I was uh, changing my daughter's diaper, not too much information, I hope, this morning, and I was thinking about uh, you know, all the things that you as a parent must have done and gone through and taken care of for Luke and Connor over the years. Uh, and, uh, you know, you now both your boys are Division One committed and, and go in there. And, uh, you know, a lot of parents, you know, just want their kids to go to school if they have one kid or two or whatever and play hockey. But both of your boys uh, have kind of got that dream uh, so far. You know, uh, just reflect on you know, how it must have felt for you uh, when you found out both of them were, were committed and, and, uh, and sort of know where they're going for the future. You know, yeah, as a, as a parent, it's, you know, obviously you're proud of your kids and, and, you know, no matter what they do. Um, and the day as you're going through, we have your kids and they're in that infancy. You just want to have healthy kids and, and uh, have them the opportunity to grow up and then be strong and have the opportunity to, kind of do the things that we do as adults and and you know for us it's just about introducing to a lot of sports as young kids they played uh baseball soccer uh, lacrosse um you know water sports they skied golf they did everything and we just want them to have a chance to um you know be athletes but also be kids and i think that you know youth sports builds a lot of character and your kids and the teamwork and uh, I think individual sports offer different things than the team sports so it's good to have a, a good blend of both lacrosse was a big part of what they did as well and you know it just then the day comes down to hard work um two two players are two different types of players that uh, the one thing they have in common is their work ethic off the ice and that's the one thing you know we try to instill them as young kids was that effort. I didn't care about wins or losses. I didn't care about goals or assists as young kids. I didn't care about them having fun and uh, working hard. The only thing I wouldn't accept from them as young kids was their work ethic. If it was poor, they'd hear about it. But besides that, um, you know, we want to foster that love for the game and not just hockey, but all sports. And then uh, we knew sooner or later they gravitate uh, one way, one way or the other. And um, people might think, well, you played hockey, so you had influence on them. And I get to, to a point maybe because they grew up in that environment. Um, but you know what? We didn't pressure them either way and kind of let them find their own paths. And um, two different stories, too. Luke uh, committed pretty young to Duluth, and um, they came to watch him play here at Notre Dame when they were younger, uh, when he was in, uh, I think, grade, at the time, grade eight, and then went on, um, you know, a year later to, to commit. And then Connor, 
you know, that was a work in, work in progress. He had put a lot of time in the weight room, uh, a lot of time on the ice, and then refine his game and work on things, uh, build up his weaknesses, and then keep uh, you know, moving forward the strengths. And so two different stories, two different paths, but eventually, you know, and there's no guarantees you'll get anywhere in life unless, but the one thing you have to do, you have to work hard. And they've been fortunate, and I think Notre Dame had a big part of that too. If they're out of Notre Dame, I don't think either kid's going to be uh, playing Division One hockey. That's how much I think of this program and the opportunities they got here and the abilities to see just how hard you have to work to get there and also put them in a platform where they're going to get noticed and get recruited. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just just a, a brief aside to, to build on that on that exact point, and I was, you know, thinking about it because, you know, one of the, the prayer that, for those that don't know, I think there's a prayer that uh, the Hounds, Hounds teams uh, sort of say, I think, before... Uh, every game and and part of it is that there are hound for hounds everywhere kind of thing and and there are hounds everywhere and and obviously you know those guys are scouts and coaches and and part of the game so quick plug for notre dame if you're a kid out there and you listen to this uh uh, you know, one of the many reasons uh, to go, I guess, is that, you know, hounds will look at and look for other hounds, too, if if they're the right people. And um, clearly that's the that's the case. And speaking of that kind of connection, um, you know, obviously I know Connor a little bit better uh, than I know Luke from just sort of working closely with him when he was on the junior A team and thought he was just a fantastic uh, young player had lots of potential and prospect and i'm thrilled to to see him you know head there but is it uh, uh i know i know you're kind of gonna say and i kind of mean it in jest but is it kind of uh, strange that uh, he's gonna play for fairbanks when they were i get they must have been some sort of big rivals of yours when you played yeah you know when uh <laughs> we played against uh, i played uaa uh up on the university of alaska anchorage fairbanks was our biggest rival and you know, we had our interstate cup that we battle for every year. And I think Fairbanks has uh, run away with it the last 11 years straight, I think. But overall, um, you know, for me, as soon as he uh, commits to Fairbanks, I'm a Fairbanks fan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's my kid. And, and uh, obviously proud of him to go there. And But, yeah, there's definitely, when he committed there, I, I had a, mm-hmm. a smile on my face and I smirked at him. And I said, you know what this means, right? So he, he just laughed. But, um you know, it's so important to go to a place where you want it and that believes in you, and and uh, that's the biggest thing I wanted for him. And he earned that through hard, his hard work. And but yeah, he's definitely going to get some ribbing. And anytime uh, you know Fairbanks plays Anchorage, there's, there's going to be a little bit of a side bet for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that that league just suits Connor so well. You know, hard nosed. He's got some skill in him too. So I really, again, as I said, I'm just thrilled for him and, and his work ethic as a as a rookie was was tremendous. So. Uh, really happy, uh, and then of course you know Luke was a guy that very highly touted on the way up, and um, you know won uh, won the Telus Cup with pro- one of the most stacked midget teams I've ever seen, and drafted pretty high in the dub and everything. And then uh, maybe there was a sense for him that it was uh, the wheels were coming off of the the straight straight train in, in Green Bay when. Uh, maybe that team was struggling a little bit, but he kept uh, kept going too. And you know, obviously, you talked about the adversity that Connor powered through. That it wasn't a straight line to a D one commit. It hasn't been a straight line for Luke either, has it? No, I mean he's had his he's had his ups and downs too. And I think anytime you aspire to play at a higher level, uh, you're going to go through some struggles. So I think for Luke, it's just um, you know. Left Green Bay in grade 11 and, and had a real, real strong uh, finish to the season. And, 
uh, went back and things, uh, you know, weren't the same as you thought they'd be. And it had nothing to do with his level of play or his work ethic or, or anything other than just uh, sometimes you're not a, you're not, you don't catch the coach's eye maybe and it's not a, not a good fit. And him leaving for Salmon Arm was, it was a risk, you know, but as a, you know, that's kind of where the advantage of me playing the game a little bit. Um, and so listen, you've been there for a year. You've been there for the, you know, the first part of the year or two and things haven't changed as far as how he sees you as a player and your options are to ask for a trade or, or you gotta, you know, go somewhere else. So, um, and the advantage of playing junior hockey is yeah, you have those opportunities to go somewhere else. So for Luke, it was, uh, you know, opportunity for a fresh start and it, it paid off. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you go somewhere else and it can be the same or worse. And fortunately, uh, Luke got in there and had a good start and, um, you know, got the invite to uh, Team Canada for, for the uh, World Junior A Challenge and had a real strong camp there and, and took off from there. And I really gained some confidence making that, that tournament and playing in, that, in those games and um, took the next step uh, in, in his play as well. So, And then, you know, the playoffs, too bad the playoffs finished. He had a real strong start to the playoffs. They swept Victoria first round with Salmon Arm there and, um you know, it was uh, tough to see the season end, but it was, you know what, there's a lot of four-year college players that are done or guys in the Western League that had, in the 20-year-old years that couldn't finish what they started. So it's tough for everybody. But uh, yeah, I said for Luke, it was definitely, you know, his goal was to go to Duluth next season and, and not uh, for any other reason than they wanted him to, to be there. And when he was in Green Bay, um, it wasn't clear to be going in this season. But after he finished the Salmon Arm, they were thrilled to get him, and he had a real strong finish. So it was good for him. Yeah, for sure. And talking to, uh, you talked about that World Junior A Challenge experience, you know, talking to Scott Barney, who uh, the head coach of Humboldt and was an assistant there. He said that Luke was just outstanding to coach and worked hard and accepted uh, whatever role they gave him. Obviously, that Canada West team had NHL prospects galore and all that. And, and Luke, you know, maybe channeled his inner Connor a little bit and and uh, you know, took a took a bit of a grinding role, but contributed as well in his own way. So, um, you know, they yeah. loved him there. So that great credit to uh, Luke in that respect. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, he, you know, he, before camp even started, I told him, I said, "Listen, you're going in there to make the third, fourth line. Their top six are already picked. Um, probably their top, maybe their top nine are already in their minds. They're they're set. So, realistically, I said it's probably three spots." And your job is to go in there, earn one of those last spots on that team, have a great camp, uh, knock somebody off, you know, off their depth chart, and then once you get to the tournament, you got to outplay guys. And you know, he started out fourth line, and um, you know, got some ice time on the PK side and defensively. And then as the tournament went on, he ended up, uh, you know, playing top six. And so it's just, you know, again, I, I think as a kid, that's where the advantage of us for a kid, I think, growing up with a parent that, hey, played the game to say, listen, here's where you're at, here's, here's the reality, here's what you have to strive for, and then uh, go off from there. And I think the only way you uh, can do those things is to learn from experience. And, uh, you know, it was a fantastic experience there for sure. Uh, obviously, any time a kid wears the, the Canadian leaf on their chest, um, it's a proud moment. And, you know, but it's also a lot of hard work. And I think he learned that from Notre Dame. I really do. I, I remember... Adam Chernick and I sitting down, probably, I think they really want to tell us cup that summer, just talking about his off-ice, uh, his workouts, and doing the extra things uh, you need to do to become an elite player, and um, he bought in, and, and everything from changing his diet to his workout program to 
uh, putting in the effort uh, took him to that next level and vaulted him to where he is today. So he's still got a lot of work to do, uh, as does Connor. And that's the one thing they know is that this game can be taken away from you as quickly as it's given. So um, there, there, there's no days off. Yeah, absolutely. Long, long way to go for both those boys, but uh, would not be surprised at all to see pro guys interested in them not uh, too long down the road. Anyways, we got to move on. Really appreciate your time, Jeremy. I'm sure you're a busy guy. Um, but, you know, you're, you yourself went to Notre Dame and, um, you know, played junior uh, there and, and got to play with uh, and be around your, your brother just a little bit, I guess. I guess your kind of careers diverged after after yeah. Notre Dame. But uh, what was it like, first of all, you know, back then in the in the late 80s at Notre Dame with all the hype about, uh, you know, the Brindamore era and the Centennial Cup and everything and all those two great teams, probably the, the buzz was still going. Uh, and then second, uh, the chance to play a little bit with Clint. You know, it's funny. I got to Notre Dame and, and really didn't know anybody. Um, I just love the game of hockey. And when I was, I grew up playing um, hockey and actually in Newport Beach, California. So we moved there from Canada, from London, Ontario. And uh, got to, to grade nine, high school years. My dad said, listen, pick one, baseball or hockey. And, and hockey was my passion. He said, well, and you can't progress here in California. I mean, to, nowadays, uh, with, after the Gretzky era, there's rinks and there's coaching and there's a lot of good uh, players coming out of that area. But back when I was there, uh, you know, not, not very many. And um, I thought I was a good player until I got to Notre Dame. And I was like, wow, I got a lot of work to do. And I had a choice to make was either, you know what, just uh, play hockey or become a hockey player. And I, I really wanted to, to chase the, the game of hockey. And, you know, when I got here again, all of a sudden, I start to you know watch the Brendamores uh, on the ice, their practices, and how they have themselves um, around campus. They're humble uh, guys like that. You know how they uh, everything from how they just carry themselves uh, to their demeanor to their practice habits. And I, I was fortunate; I, I got to watch a lot of hockey here and became a real student of the game. And that was my strongest point as a player was the you know the thinking of the game, not just the playing and. So Notre Dame taught me that big time, and I think seeing these guys in the weight room, seeing how hard they work uh, on and off the ice, um, everything from how they eat, that they're disciplined eaters, uh, it was uh, rubs off on you. And you can either choose to, to buy in and, and go down that path and chase it, or you can just uh, turn your head and just keep doing the things you're doing and, and just you know just play hockey. But uh, there's a, a big difference between the both. I tell players that all the time. You can either become a hockey player or just play hockey both are great um, both are fun but there's a big difference between the two so uh, definitely in the heyday I mean you look back at the you know guys like Wendell Clark that were here and they go through different eras but you know I, I like to think that uh, when I was here 86 to 90 there were a lot of good players here and uh, you know I look back and even on some of my rosters I'm like man I was a good team and, and even the guys we played against and other teams within our school um you get a kick out of looking back at these guys we played with and against. So real, real fun era in Notre Dame was uh, on the map, obviously, um, you know, challenging for national championships. And then seeing that team win the uh, Centennial Cup, um, you know, my second year here was, was fantastic. And that was uh, a big buzz around here, around Western Canada. And, and then, I mean, the next uh, next couple of years, I think I was probably fortunate to uh, kind of ride their coattails. But, I mean, there were college scouts at our, our games um every game there's so many of them and 
I kind of made my decision after a knee injury in grade 12 to go to college route rather than go to uh, the Western League. Um, and then uh, for me, it was perfect because there, there were scouts everywhere. And, um, you know, some guys, uh, I said there's more than, you know, if you've got 60 teams, you've got 1,200 players for Division One. there's more than 1,200 Division One caliber players. It's just a matter of being in the right place and having the right people promote you and being in the right program. And that's what Notre Dame did for me, for sure. And um, with Clint, yeah, you know, we came here and actually, I don't think we ever played the same team here in Notre Dame. Mm. Um, we were doormates our, our, year, our first year. After that, we were split up. He was uh, Badger Dorm, I was Chopper upstairs there. And uh, I think grade nine, we were in fall, grade nine, dorm together. But after that, we were split up uh, from teams and, and also uh, from dorms. So it was really good for us, I think. We grew up in the same household, obviously, shared the same room. We spent a lot of time together. Um, it's probably a good time for us to get a break <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> sure. But, but uh, you know, it was, it, was always, it was definitely comfort coming to Notre Dame uh, with a brother here, especially a twin. And then uh, actually grade, my first year here, my older brother left New Hampton prep school out east in the States, and he came to Notre Dame for grade 12. And his only regret was not coming here you know, earlier. Yeah, very cool. And uh, Clint, uh, for those that don't know, is uh, also still in the game, head coach. Uh, at uh, Maryland in the North American League and heard nothing but uh, good things, especially from Mark Recchi, whose kid is down there and uh, and think, thinks he's doing a great job. So, uh, you know, very, uh, very cool. And hope, obviously, Clint keeps, keeps uh, you know, having success, and, and that's great. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, the... The move on from Notre Dame seemed to work out pretty well. Uh, you know, lots of people dream of playing pro hockey, never get to, but you got to for ten years, and um, you know had uh, stints in the in the East Coast League, the International League, which uh, you know I was little. I remember going to uh, to IHL games in Florida, for example, when we would you know we visited there, and it was just really cool. Um, but uh, you know, first of all, Alaska Anchorage, uh, California kid, uh, ending up in Alaska. How was that? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, I came, uh, you know, to Wilcox from Cali- from California, and then, um, you know, I had some schools, other schools that were interested, and then, you know, like I told Connor and Luke, I said, ultimately, the most important thing on your 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 list, if you do a pros and cons list when you're picking schools, is, you know, on the hockey aspect, is the coaches, and if the coaching staff likes you and wants you and is willing to make that offer, then that means, you know, that's probably a good place for you to go to, and. And you have, you have a feeling for the coaches and, and when you talk to them and then where they recruit you through the process. And then when you go visit campus, um, you get a feeling either it's for you or it's not. And I went for my visit up in Alaska and then watched the uh, weekend series there, got to meet all the players, hang out with them afterwards. And then I flew back here and kind of sat in it for a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I just thought, you know, I'm not going to wait for these other schools to make up their mind. I got a school that that's already gonna uh, has already offered me to go to play for them, and I went for a visit, and they they showed some interest and put their you know their time into me, and I just felt confident that that was a place for me. And I knew they were graduating. I think uh, they had two returning defensemen. That was it. So I was confident I was going to play every game going into their, my freshman year, and that was important to me as well. So my experience there was awesome. Obviously. Um, you know, anytime you play college uh, sports while you're going to school, it's, uh, it's a challenge academically to, to balance your life. But uh, Notre Dame helped me there as well. I left here about, you know, understanding how to balance academics, athletics, and social time. And I got to 
uh, Anchorage, and it was a pretty seamless transition for me uh, in that regards. Um, but it was a great experience. Got family up there. Obviously, met my uh, beautiful wife Darlene um, when I was there, and and you know that's probably one of the biggest uh, parts of going up there was uh, that's where everything started for us as a family was Anchorage. And we spent some summers up there as well. Even when I was playing up there, I, I had a condo up there, and I stayed in the summers and worked. And, um, you know, a lot of fishing. I'm an avid fly fisherman, so I love to get on the water. And there's no better uh, fishing in the world than Alaska. So we go back there almost every summer uh, with the boys and uh, spend a couple weeks there. And we do a ton of fishing probably almost every day, and uh, we have a, have a blast when we're up there. A lot of good friends, a lot of teammates stay there. I think the sign of a good program is when your your teammates or there's alumni that stay, and not just the local, the Alaska kids, but I'm talking, uh, you know, kids that were from, uh, you know, Alberta and B.C. and, and Sask even. Like a lot of these guys got married and stayed up there, and when I go up to visit today, a lot of my teammates are still there. So it's always a re- reunion of sorts, and it's uh, any – you know, any chance you get to go there, you got to take advantage because it's a beautiful place. Uh, it it's truly is rugged, and, and and it's also a place where, uh, you know, you get away, and it's uh, you can be in the middle of nowhere and won't see a person for days. So it's great. I love it. Yeah, and very cool uh, team name, uh, the, the Seawolves. Alaska Anchorage yeah. Seawolves, not not bad. Uh, I like. I always I always thought that was uh, great. Both both Anchorage and uh, Fairbanks. I think the Fairbanks is the Nanooks. Is that correct? Yeah, they're the yeah. Nanooks. That's pretty That's sweet. The logo, yeah. And those, then, uh, those are sweet cool. logos too. Yeah, <laughs> love. Them. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and then you you know you move on to uh, you know pro. You jump right from college to pro. Have a good taste in the East Coast in uh, Toledo, Ohio, and then you're in Quebec and. Um, you know, back to Toledo, Chicago, you know, St. John, like all, all over, all over the map. Uh, it was a bit of a, a whirlwind, uh, I guess, your pro career and, and sort of frustrating not to stay put until you got to Idaho, I guess, for those first couple of years. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's when you go in there under option and you try to play pro hockey, it's uh, it's a grind. There, there's, no, there's no other way to describe it. And, you know, the one year I was in... Um, I started in Chicago and ended up going, sent down to play in Mississippi where Connor was born. And yeah, I was all over the map that year. It was, uh, it was a long year to travel. But, you know, when you're trying to get back to the American League or the IHL, you're going to go where you want it and then who needs you. But you get to a point, too, where you're like, all right. Um, yeah, I remember I was in St. John with the Flames and, and just finally said, listen, I'm going back to Jackson. So I like my ticket tomorrow, please. And, you know, they're kind of like, uh, I think Rick Vibe was the coach, and he was like, are you serious? You want to go down? And I said, well, you know, if you guys have interest in me, you'll sign me. That's not going to happen right now. I'm just uh, I'm just filling a spot for you guys, which I appreciate. And, and But if you need me for a full-time contract, you know, you know where to find me. But, you know, I got a pregnant wife back in Mississippi, and I need to get out of here. And, and I've uh, been here for a month, and I think it's time. I see the writing on the wall. And, you know, I wasn't a, a 20-year-old rookie that – hadn't been through it, so I kind of understood where I was at as a player. So I went back to Jackson, and then uh, after that year, we sat down, you know, my wife and I and Darlene said, listen, could try to go to a place where you can settle down and maybe uh, buy a house and get some roots, get involved in the community. And uh, I was originally going to go to San Diego, and, you know, 
I knew San Diego. I was from California. I thought, you know, going back to the beach would be a fantastic thing to do. And, you know, the year-round weather was perfect. And, you know, we really, we really liked San Diego. My wife went to college there. And then uh, I had a coach reach out to me and uh, from Idaho and flew me into, again, the recruiting process was an important part of it. He flew me into Idaho for a look. And I was there for, uh, you know, for three or four days. Looked at real estate, uh, went golfing and hung out with some of the players and um, flew back to Mississippi and told Darlene, we're going to go to Boise. She's like, yeah, like what? <laughs> Idaho. She's like, have a look at a map for it. And, um, you know, then I flew her out there. She did the same thing, went for a visit. And we were there for, you know, I think 12 years. And I've my last six years I played there. And same thing, there's opportunities to go up uh, to Utah. And I just told Bobby Bond as a coach there. And he called me up once. I said, listen, boring, nothing personal. But, uh, you know, don't call me up anymore. I'm, I'm good here. we got a really good team having a really fun season. And I'm not going to be going to NHL anytime soon. So I got some good young young players on my team you could probably use. And uh, my D partner is one of them. He took for most of the year. And, uh, you know, that was, that was it. We love Boise. And even after I finished my, my time there, um, you know, we stayed. And you know, I was fortunate as I played in the minors. I mean, if anybody has played in the minors, you know, 10, 11 years in the minors is, is, uh, is a long time. A lot of buses, a lot of travel. The West Coast League was great. We flew everywhere. We were in Idaho, so we had to fly into our locations. And um, it was great that way for travel. It's a beautiful city. Uh, I was fortunate to be the captain of the team that won the, the Kelly Cup there and, and bring the City of Boise's first professional championships. That will always uh, be a memory I cherish. And then Chicago was great, too. I had a chance to win two Turner Cups in, uh, with my time in Chicago and be a part of that organization, their first championship. And they have a, a really strong uh, program and, and tradition winning uh, championships there. So, yeah, I've met a lot of great people. And, the, you know, the one advantage, Noogie, of uh, me playing for a lot of different teams is, you know, I got connections everywhere. So mm. a lot of my old teammates or coaches or GMs are um, still active in hockey today. You know, Kevin Shevel Day off is my GM in, uh, in Chicago, and he's now obviously with the Jets. So I bring teams to Winnipeg if we have time. You know, we'll get a, a run to the, their facilities, get to watch a practice, and uh, him and have a chance to talk to our players a little bit. So uh, they're, you know, you play as long as I did in the minors. Like I said, there's a lot of guys that I run into all over the place that were former teammates. And um, it bodes well. If you're going to stay in hockey, you got to have connections and you got to know people. And uh, my time in the minors was fantastic. And some people, it's not for everybody. I mean, it's a grind. And at some point in early New Year's, you're not making much money or just surviving. But uh, I was fortunate to have, uh, you know, be in some good spots and be in some good situations where I did okay. And, um, you know, it was a great, great opportunity to uh, kind of get prepared for my second phase of life in youth hockey and uh, the springboard me into that. So forever grateful. Yeah, for sure. And you um, and Clint, I know, have been involved uh, in hockey in the North, uh, I guess, at various times and, and connecting there. And, um, you know, you, you both ended up at uh, Notre Dame coaching and, um, you know, having having kind of careers where you know you were sort of giving back, I guess, to to young people and and whatnot. Uh, so you know, t- talk about uh, you know your current role and how you ended up there. I guess it's been uh, a couple of years that you've been the director of hockey operations now. But uh, what kind of brought you back to Notre Dame in a professional capacity? Um, and uh, you know how how has it been, both uh, the ups and the downs? You know, I came back here. Um, 
been seven years now. I think this is my fourth year as director, I think. Um, so it's been uh, it's, it's been great. I mean, I think originally, you know, I was in Florida. I, I was in Idaho, and I was in a, you know, I was director of hockey there, and then um, had the opportunity to work for the Florida Panthers. They own three sheets down in in the uh, in South Florida, and uh, went there for the experience, and also uh, just just kind of needed a change. I was in a spot where you know hockey wasn't uh, uh, you know hockey is okay in Idaho. I mean, there's there's players there and there's some good players there for sure. But as far as programming, there's not a lot of competition in the area. Uh, Florida, surprisingly, there is. I knew uh, some people in Florida and I was familiar with their hockey and there's a lot of ranks there, a lot of good players. And they had that level of hockey, um, you know, an experience for me to run three arenas of youth, adult and rec and there was travel hockey. Everything was, was a great experience. And then when I was there, Clint was at the time was the assistant coach here. Um, for the junior team, and then he left to go to Whitehorse to run their youth hockey program. And while he was he left Notre Dame to go there, um, I got a message in that there was this you know position available here. What are they interested? And Mike Merriman was a, a hound that um, was here when I was here as a year ahead of me, but nonetheless he was a, he reached out and we talked and I interviewed and then got the uh, got the offer and you know. I remember talking to Darlene about it, you know, before. It was funny because Clint would send the boys, you know, shirts or hats to Notre Dame, and the boys knew I went to Notre Dame, knew we went to prep school. So in Connor's mind, he was coming here no matter what. And I think you know Connor a little bit. When he gets something on his mind, it's going to happen. And while we're in Florida, you know, he was saying that he kept telling us he's going to go to Notre Dame when he was gonna, when he gets to grade nine. And we're like, uh, no, no, you're not. You're mm-hmm. staying in Florida with us. And, then the job came up, and we sat down, Darlene and I sat, and said, you know what, um, we don't have to go. But I think uh, through my experiences at Notre Dame and, you know, my belief in the program, and with Connor just getting to high school, I thought, this is, uh, you know, this is an opportunity we can't turn down. And sometimes things happen like you can't explain, and this is one of them. And the timing was perfect for our family and we sat him down in the living room in uh, in Florida and told him pulled out some shirts. I just see where we're going and they hit the roof with excitement. Um, you know, Darlene was uh, on board and she had a position here for her uh, coming in, so she was a little more at ease with that transition. And yeah, it was definitely uh, coming here was uh, was a was a blessing in the godsend, and we were fortunate that it happened. And the timing was, you know, as in life is everything, and it was perfect time for the boys to get here. Uh, to move to a small community, to uh, you know, start out the little school in St. Augustine um, there first, and kind of get their you know their feet wet to small town living, and it was great experience for them there. And then uh, for me, I was the male coordinator, so basically I was in charge of all the Bantams here. So we had two Bantam, we have two Bantam teams, um, the prep team and the U15 team, and so I had, my job was to recruit 40 plus kids every year to ND to to put our teams together and then to guess build a foundation for our major program in, in, in the oncoming years. So that was the way I started out. And then, uh, you know, Dell resigned and then went to Hungary there for his, uh, his, his next step in his career. And then I uh, was uh, again, fortunate to uh, get the position here as hockey director. And uh, it's been great. I mean, I, I love what I do. I'm fortunate. I go to the rink every day. Uh, I get to work with a lot of interesting people, a lot of interesting families and, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, your new sports parents can get a bad rap sometimes as they're they're involved and uh, they can be uh, overbearing. But 
you know, I've had great experience with parents uh, the whole time here. And I, my, my philosophy is, you know, these parents are putting a lot of time, a lot of effort into what their kids are doing. And, of course, they have a, uh, you know, they have an interest in what their kids' lives are and what they're, they're doing on the ice. But I think if you have open lines of communication and if you're fair and everything's transparent, then there's not going to be issues. Uh, I think you can agree to disagree sometimes. But overall, uh, it's been great. I think the parents need to be involved. Um, they can give you their say. It doesn't mean you have to, to do it, but it's nice to know where they're coming from at times. And if you don't agree with it, you just tell them. Be honest with them. And like I said, they're not always going to agree, but most people are going to be on the human side are going to respect that and uh, make it work. So in my experience here, again, a, a lot of uh, changes that I've been here, been a part of with everything from our facilities to our programming, how we run our hockey uh, I think it's the best place in the world to, to develop players. Um, we have a big impact on them, not only as coaches, but as mentors. And, and, and on the human side, a lot of times with kids. So uh, we have a chance to really mold these kids, not just on the ice, but off the ice as leaders too. And then we want these kids to, to move on from here and, and be proud to say they're a hound and for us to be proud that they are hounds. So um, overall, like I said, wonderful experience and uh, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, for sure. And really appreciate your time. Don't want to um, take too much more of it. Uh, just, um, you know, w- one last question, uh, Jeremy, if that's okay. And I'll let you, yeah. let you get back to it. But, uh, you know, can't uh, have a podcast, unfortunately, in this year. And I wish wish I could. I can't wait for the day where we can just kind of talk hockey and and players and, and stuff like that. But that's, you know, unfortunately, that's not the reality. So I got to ask you, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, this COVID era and, you know, trying to put together uh, teams for next year and for the fall and beyond. And, and you know, you have parents and you have, you know, young people who are probably feeling a little bit maybe nervous about the, the current climate with borders closed. And obviously, for those who don't know, Notre Dame gets players from all over the place, uh, you know, far and wide. Uh, just you know, recently had a player sign, uh, you know, pro straight out of midget from in Switzerland, which is pretty awesome and, and that kind of a thing. So, uh, you know, just, I guess, talk about uh, the, the challenges and, and, you know, maybe how you're trying to use uh, coronavirus as a positive, because I talked to Rob Palmerine pretty recently for an, an article and he said there were, you know, there were all sorts of ways uh, to use this as a positive. So both the challenges and the positives for, you know, you trying to do your job. Well, I think the challenge for us is, you know, we didn't have any spring showcases. Uh, the second half of the year, we get a lot of family visitors out here. We call it campus day visits where they can meet the staff and uh, get on the ace. One of our teams, we can evaluate them and, and go from there. So that's been the biggest challenge for sure. I think the advantage we have is we are, you know, we're a school that's, uh, we're a century old here. We're on year 100. So we're a known product. Um, people trust what we do. We have the history of turning out, you know, very good players, very good people, uh, people that are, you know, pillars of their communities that have uh, been here. So our history's there. So our parents come to us and ask, you know, why Notre Dame? We, we can give them the background on us and, we can show them and we have that, that tangibles, not the intangibles. We have the tangible evidence that, hey, this is what we do and this is who's been here and this is why we're successful and this is why you should trust us. Uh, you're not guessing here. This is, uh, you know, this is uh, a no, these are known, the knowns, I guess you could say. So that way it's been positive. I mean, I thought things would slow down uh, on recruiting aspect. It's been really good. We started a virtual 
uh, scouting, um, I guess, email where uh, prospective hounds can send in uh, the clips of themselves um, that are interested in our program. We do um, Zoom webinars. We've had Barry Trotz on. Uh, we've had other uh, people on. We've had, uh, you know, every week we do these webinars with families talk about the academic side, the student life side in the dorms, uh, the hockey piece, all those things. So families can uh, listen to us talk as a staff, and they can. One thing I can say, they can feel that, uh, you know, I guess that emotion we have for our program and, and the love we do for Notre Dame, and that's something that comes through even on our webinars. And so I think parents have that uh, level of being comfortable with, with what we do because there's a history there. And and first putting teams together, um, you know, we're expecting to have a full program next year. Well, could there possibly be an impact on it? Yes. But as the way things look right now, I think the only thing that would slow us down is obviously the health government and, and having things, um, you know, uh, you know, placed on us where we can do certain things. But as of right now, we plan on having hockey schools in July. We'll have four of those. We plan on doing some camps in August. Um, we'll have more information come out on those. So I think we're, you know, are things going to be different as far as numbers of players allowed on the ice uh, to start out? Absolutely. But I think we've seen. Um, throughout Canada, some places started out with three or four skaters on the ace, one coach. Now we're up to 15 total on the ace, and you know, in a month, it might be a full team. So we're we're optimistic that there's going to be a season and things are going to turn out, uh, you know, for for us here at Notre Dame. And um, yeah, there's some things we have to work through with the, with Sask Health, but uh, we're already in the midst of doing those things and getting things in place to have a have a year and. Uh, our parents, we talk to them. I mean, one advantage we have too, Jamie, is we do own our own facilities. So we own our own arena, skill center, weight room, gymnasium, locker room. So there's no outside users when the school year starts. And if the regular season is pushed back to October or November, uh, you know, we're, we're confident we, we could be on the ice training, off the ice training, and in the classrooms. Um, might be a little different as far as scheduling goes, but we'll definitely uh, we plan on doing those things moving moving ahead moving forward here so uh, i'm excited there's a lot of new kids coming in next season uh, a lot of returners too it's going to be a good mix uh and the families are real excited to get the year going and as we all are but uh, yeah i think the biggest thing for me you know i, I feel bad for from this whole uh, COVID 19 pandemic is uh you know there's a lot of you know uh, unfinished stories out there whether it be the first year player or that fourth year player uh, whether it be the playoffs, whether it be their last opportunity to get recruited for college, these junior players that were, you know, 20-year-olds that were fighting for scholarships that couldn't get them. You got Western League kids and OHL Quebec League kids that were, you know, a uh, chance playing in the, in the Mem Cup or had the team to get there. And, um, you know, that's why I think NHL coming through, what they're doing is fantastic. I know there's some people saying they're against it, but you know what? This is going to give some people some hope. They can uh, pull this off and do things right. They can uh, show us that there can be hockey and it can be sports, not just the pro level, but the uh, the youth level. And it gives people hope, too. And I guess at this point, that's all you can ask for until the government uh, comes through with their, their their changes and their policies and their phases rolled out and we can move on until the people can, you know, 100% buy into uh, staying safe and doing things the right way. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be some challenges. But I think, um, you know, like I said, Everything's been positive here, and the phone calls are, are, are coming in. Uh, the emails keep coming in. Uh, we're, we're actively, you know, preparing for next season, and uh, we're excited to get going for sure.
and you know if there's no games uh i'll be very happy jeremy to broadcast some practices or some workouts or something uh well, we got the bird's nest open for you so you can get up there well actually <laughs> actually uh schultz got me a key so i uh i, I can just uh, jump up there too which is great yeah i'll yeah. do some do some live streaming <laughs> you must know some people i don't have a key for that bird's nest oh there you go hey Hey, you're doing. You're uh, greasing the right palms. You're like a politician here, right? There you go. Hey, you, you got to work. You know, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Got to work hard. That's right. But uh, Jeremy, I really appreciate uh, all your time, and uh, you know, thank you uh, again for for having me around, and hope uh, we continue to work together uh, for many years to come. Absolutely, can't wait to see you out here again and uh, calling those games. And you do a fantastic job, not just uh, up in the in the booth, but. All your uh, your hard work with the podcasts and the uh, the editing video and throwing out the the tweets and the Instagrams and the social media stuff's fantastic. So really appreciate what you do and you do a fantastic job. Thanks, Jamie. Oh, thanks, Jeremy, and keep that great lettuce going. All right, we'll talk to you later, buddy. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Bye.